Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Peace of the Action podcast. This is your host, Corey G., joined by my other host, The Goat. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Happy to be rolling strong once again on another ActionElite.com presents Peace of the Action podcast. You know, for those of you that can't get enough of our melodious voices, we've done a couple commentaries together on The Goat Show. Uh, and one of them just posted. You want to tell everybody where they can listen to that? Yeah, if y'all want to hit it up on Hillbilly DVD Reviews Podcast, you can find that either on iTunes, just search for Hillbilly DVD Reviews, or you can go to TalkShoe.com. Look it up, Hillbilly DVD Reviews. We did a, re- a commentary of the 1985 James Spader exploitation classic, Tough Turf. And it was a good one, I have to say. And we got some more commentaries that will be popping up on our podcast over the next coming months and stuff. So stay tuned. We're covering a lot of 80s-centric stuff over on that podcast. So give it a listen if you if you like Tough Turf or you, you know, want to see what else we got coming down the line. Because, you know, you know we, we, we can't be uploaded nine episodes a piece of the action a day. We got to spread it out. Spread it out. We did that other commentary we did uh I'm very anxious for it to come out. We we covered another 80s comedy. I, I won't ruin it for the surprise fans, but I'm anxious to hear that one whenever it comes out again. That should be hitting in very early February. And then, to give you guys a, a clue, we got something here on the Action Elite. It's coming. Big, something big in the works. There's other things out there like it, but they suck. So what we got is going to be real good. It's coming. Maybe not this weekend, but it's coming. Yeah, it's coming soon. It's coming as, it's coming as soon as I get my Blu-rays in the mail. I, I guess we got we got we got to mention one thing. Yeah. Slow hand is running for governor. Thinking about running for governor. That's right. The man himself, Steven Seagal. He's thinking about running for governor of Arizona, which is funny because he don't even live there. But <laughs> Crime's already down 80%. Yeah. I'm moving. I know. And I'm going to be shameless. Fans listening. all Because we, we're, we're huge. We know we're, we're big all over the world with this show. We don't, neither one of us respectively get the Reels channel. No. Which is, it sucks because we're not some like little... Uh, hermit nerds only watching shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, on some obscure, like, Czechoslovakian YouTube channel. Like, I, I, I pay a hundred bucks a month for cable. Yes. Yeah. It, we, the lost season of Slowhand Seagal is on reels. If anybody out there is recording them and would like to send us to them, yeah, definitely hit us up and let us know. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, I was, you know, I wasn't going to bring it up. Because it's kind of a sore spot or whatever, but it's pretty, it's actually kind of a joke that you and me aren't watching the the lost season of Lawman. No, because we got to be two of his biggest fans and we don't get to watch it. I know. Here we go for the straight from the man's mouth quote from Steven Seagal about his upcoming possible maybe sorta thinking about it. No, we're not thinking about it. Maybe uh huh uh-huh, governorship. It's quote right straight from Steven Seagal. Joe Apario and I were talking about me running for governor of Arizona, which was kind of a joke, Seagal, 61 years old, said. I suppose I would remotely consider it, 
but probably I would have a lot more other responsibilities that may that may be more important to address. Like what? Like what? <laughs> well, now this man is a reserve sheriff. He's a Japanese sword appraiser. He trains dogs. He teaches marksmanship. He trains <laughs> schools, police departments to handle school shootings, and he makes movies. But yeah. that all kind of, when you add it up, sounds like jumbled shit as opposed to being the governor. I know. Here we have an update, though, from when this new story was posted. This new story was posted at 1.26 p.m. yesterday. And at 1.48 p.m., 22 minutes later, there was an update saying, clarifying, gubernatorial candidates must reside in Arizona for a minimum of five years by election day. Lohan has lived in Arizona for zero years. <laughs> that's that's just paperwork. <laughs> oh, come on now. I was in the CIA. We can get this all straightened out. Oh, we got to go there with the CIA. <laughs> that must we, be the mission. I'll tell you what. Governor. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We'll have to get a special guest on one day to talk about all the Seagal, Slohan conspiracies. Yeah, maybe we'll cover some of some good movies that day, too. Yeah, maybe. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I think I could talk about Seagal every week. I could, too, like, honestly. But, I, like, I really think, you know, I think we have a responsibility. We took this podcast over. This is not our podcast. We did not, we did not create it. No. You know, and, like, who knows if people even really enjoy it. Hearing the facts of life theme two to three times a week as it is, so you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. We can't we can't go the full mile just burn everybody out on slow hand. We got to try to spread the wealth around, which is what we're doing tonight. But when slow hand breaks into the headlines, yeah, we're gonna let it. you know. Yeah, you gotta be <laughs> breaking news. That's just to have a sound bite. Do 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 do. That's breaking news sound bite fans. Unfortunately, though, we don't have any treat updates. <laughs> <laughs> Treach has not been nearly as active as Slohan. No, he's he's coming. <laughs> he's gonna make something real soon. <laughs> However, if you wanna know the updates of uh of you know what tr- going on Treach's life, you can follow him on Twitter <laughs> under the name Tre under the name Treach. I can't even talk. This is so under the name Treach at Trigger Treach <laughs> or not that guy, but that's his that's his Twitter. You know, Treach at Trigger Treach. So send all your tweets, and if you have any uh, like 
inquiries. Like, maybe you want to know more about Treach that we can't, um, you know, like, satisfy here. Then you're going to want to email uh, Bernie Giacomazzo at info at BernadetteGiacomazzo.com. And maybe you have, like, a bar mitzvah. Or like maybe like a wedding or something. There's a booking number. I don't. I don't, I don't want to give that out. I don't know. But there's a booking number. You can you can see it right on Treach's uh, Twitter though. So the man can get. You know he can't be getting hold of. No, so. he's he's probably easy to get a hold of. Yeah. And if you're on Facebook, you can hit him up at Facebook.com/slash Trick or Treach. Trick or treat. No, let me say that slower. Trigger Treach. I'm trying to get Malcolm McDowell on Twitter. I created his handle. It's at Real Loomis. <laughs> oh, he's the real one now? He's better than Donald Pleasance, his old fat ferret looking ass. Yeah. The, 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 last, the last tweet, one last little bit of Treach, and this is funny that he would phrase this question this way. But uh, he's, talk, he's talking about, I think, some political stuff with, with Life Magazine posted some stuff about racial tensions. But uh, Treach said, if they predicted it 40 years ago, why is there no solution 40 years later? Can someone help us in helping us? There you go. The fuck does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> Keep in mind, that was actually all one, uh, one sentence. <laughs> there was no periods in there. And why would Life Magazine interview him? Yeah, I don't know. Well, he's just referencing some Life Magazine article, but clearly he does want to get into the spotlight. Oh, no, of course not. He's such a busy and private man. (laughs) (laughs) Treach also tweeted a photo of a very young, uh, I'd say maybe like three years old, very young uh, child here, young white child wearing a Naughty by Nature t-shirt. Oh, maybe it's his daughter. Uh, yeah, it's a little boy, a neighbor or something. But. Could be. Who knows with Treach? I always thought it was Tretch for a while. No, it's Treach. Oh, I'm glad I got that straight. And uh, <laughs> Treach, uh, for all you ladies, he says, ladies, y'all ask for it, love y'all. And Treach has some uh, shirtless uh, selfies that he took in his bathroom. Ah, I'll take some of those for the ladies too later. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I got a wife. I'll have her take them for me. There you go. She can enjoy that. You know, I was gonna—I was gonna say, uh, you're familiar with Don the Dragon, the Fire, right? Oh yeah. Well, my wife got me the box set for yeah. Christmas. That's a good wife, right there. Well, the beauty of it is, is that second movie is so out of print. It sells for like two hundred dollars for some reason, which is more than the budget of Part One that I watched the other day. Because, okay, I'm going to tell you what, fans, paying close attention to this movie, they're in a building, and it's the fighting arena where like eight people show up. Now, later when Don the Dragon goes to the local masquerade ball, you can clearly tell it's the exact same building with curtains thrown up in it. Because they even have the same fucking fighting mats on the floor that they're dancing on. Also, the fighting mask becomes dancing mask. <laughs> and then you can also tell that the hospital and the um, clothing store that the girl works in is the same place with just different props. 
and that the house that Don the Dragon and his cousin live in and the house that the girl and her brother live in are clearly the same house. They're just showing the backyard for Don the Dragon and the front yard for her because all the rooms look damn near the same. <laughs> Still a are pretty you, good movie, though. Are you talking about the uh, Don the Dragon Wilson Dragon Pack? Was that the box set? No, no, that one's got. Uh, I have all those. That's got black belt in it. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good one because black belt's from Mateus Who's plays that weird old serial killer with the Oedipus complex? Oh yeah. That's you can buy that on its own. I think. I think I paid like six dollars for it. Yeah. Just to review up for it a few weeks ago, Owen posted his review for it. Yeah, he's uh, he's also very knowledgeable about Don the Dragon Wilson. That's from Mateus Who's had that awesome bad guy name. Sweet. Sweet what? That's just it. He's just sweet. Oh, he he just he just sweet. He was he don't sweet. Need... That's a good name. Man, the the DVD for whatever it takes starring Don Dragon Wilson and Andrew Dice Clay. That's that shit's getting rare. It's up to eighteen ninety on Amazon. That's a fantastic movie. Is it? I love it. Don the Dragon, really... Andrew Dice Clay, and Fred the Hammer. Yep. I haven't. I'm, I'm really surprised that all these. I'm looking at Amazon right now. I'm really surprised that all so many Don the Dragon films are on DVD. Considering like there's so many classics that aren't. You know what I mean? They're all on DVD. I think yeah. everything he's made got a DVD release. Like I was shocked because I used to see this on uh, cable a lot in the '90s, but they even got a DVD of Night Hunter. They got that for Christmas too. Was it pretty good? I can't. I haven't, I haven't, seen it I haven't so rewatched. I haven't watched it since I was probably like, God, I probably watched it ninety four, not whenever it came out. The Don the Dragon's on the cover, looking exactly like Lou Diamond Phillips. Pretty much, yeah. That's when every action started to grow their hair long to try to be like slow hand. Yeah. <laughs> With the ponytail. The ponytail is what makes it. It only works with slow hand. I need to get me some Chinese herbs, grow my hair out on top, and grow a ponytail. I know, man. I've been pulling mine into a ponytail for a few weeks here, and I don't know, man. I, I, I don't just don't think I have the swagger that Slowhand has. I think I wanted to get it cut off here. No, maybe, maybe you just need yellow glasses and a trench. That's true. Or a treach. Or a treach. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can book treach. He's got the phone number on the Twitter. I'll book him for my kid's birthday party. Yeah, there you go. You actually can. Yeah. Might be a little pricey. Depends on if he's filming a slow hand movie that day or not. And my logic is do I go to the pizza machine or book treach? I'm going to pick the pizza machine. Yeah, pizza machine is always a solid bet. Because you really never know what you're going to get when treach shows up. You know, but he could come see me and he'd be like, you're walking like a black man, talking like a killer. Killer. He could play play some... Sorry. <laughs> no, I was gonna say maybe Treach is like big you know, when you book him for a kids party. Maybe the big thing is he he puts a a little tiny naughty by nature T shirt on your young white son. <laughs> Could be. I said when I said talking like a killer, that's a hint. Yeah, this it's cool. coming. It's coming. All right, well, let's not hype it up too much because then people really like. I have a feeling almost now we've already hyped it up to the level that when people when it does come, they might be disappointed. So that's impossible. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, that's just that's just ludicrous. Who's been in some movies too, but not yeah. with Treach. And he don't really ludicrous don't really do action either. 
He just kind of stands around and talks. He does, but, you know, he's making money with Fast and the Furious. Not for much longer. <laughs> well, no. They did announce that they're with doing the rewrites. They're going to, with, they're keeping everything Paul Walker filmed, and they're going to, they're going to write him out. They're going to retire him. They're not going to kill him off. Because yeah. it would be distasteful to kill him off, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that was, plus that's such a cheap way out. They just say, oh, but like, what, what I don't, I don't get it though, like, because if that wasn't, because I'm assuming his character did originally didn't retire, didn't die, whatever. How are they just going to explain that like he's gone, and then the Rock's going to walk in and go, go, uh, uh, Brian retired, or like you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm this, assuming it's, like it's, he'll get in a he'll get in an accident or something. He'll almost die, and you know he's got the kid or something. So yeah, but at the same time, in order to dramatically pull that off in a film, you think you would need Paul Walker to act that out. Well, you know I, yeah, I don't know. James Wan's a pretty good director, so... I don't you, know, better, you better work on some Paul Walker CGI and voice impressions. They were talking about getting his brother and CGI and his face over for some of it. Really? Yeah. Brother looks just him. like him. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they filmed a lot of The Crow and he was dead. I mean, you can do it. See, I heard the crow was that he was pretty much. Uh, he didn't have much left, I don't think. Yeah. Universal ain't letting that franchise go. Uh-huh. They can Vin Diesel can die tomorrow, but all right, all right, ludicrous. And and from now on, this is gonna be your movie, Tyrese. It's gonna be all about Tyrese. <laughs> I, I, somehow, I don't think that would work. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of Paul brother, Paul Walker's brother right now. He does look very similar. Like, they could probably, I don't know how similar his voice is, but he might be able to even do the lines. For yeah, the alter it a little bit. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And it'd probably be very minimal. Yeah. I don't know. It's worth a shot. I'm looking forward to it. Got to wait an extra year, but I'd rather wait an extra year and have it be good than have just some rushed, chopped up piece of shit come out. Yeah, I mean, either way, just because he wasn't done or whatever, like, they they had a, it was going to get delayed, you know, or else it just would have, you know, I think the only way they would have met the date is if they would have started all the way over, and then, like, they would have had to rush a new story together, which would have sucked, so, you know, it's, it's better. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the other ones were coming out every year. They were all a few years in between. They just, they've been making so much money, they wanted to hotshot this right away, so... You know, to be honest, and maybe it's just because there's been, you know, there's already been so many movies uh, in the series already. Like, when they released um, Fast 6, just like two years after Fast 5, I felt like that was a little quick. And oh, then I, I didn't then, mind. I couldn't wait. Really? Yeah, because, and maybe it's because I thought Fast 5 was really good, so I wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, and I like Fast 6 a lot. Like, I don't have any complaints about it, but when you put out a really good movie, I think you should have wasted... At least, at least three years to, you know what I mean? Build up that anticipation. Yeah, because if you're just going to get a new Fast movie every year, then really what, you know what I mean, was it? Yeah, you can, it can wear thin, but I thought superhero movies would have wore thin by now, and they haven't. No, that's true. I don't know, Fast Fear is my favorite franchise, though. Really? Hands, oh, hands down, I think it's the best franchise out there. In terms of just movies, like, still getting made? Yep. Hey, nothing. You can take anything from the past. The Godfather ain't got shit on Fast and the Furious. I'll tell you what. There's a new franchise coming out, and it, and it will be coming out in the Fast Seven original spot. 
But I'm not excited at all, dude. I don't know if you've seen it, but that trailer for that Need for Speed movie looks terrible. That looks like shit. It's like a kid made it. Oh, my God, dude. It looks like they shot it with, like, a home video camera, first of all. Pretty much. Like, it looks so cheap compared to, like, the Fast movies. And they can say what they want, but that's exactly what they're trying to make there. Oh, and yeah. Just, there's just so many scenes of that, that dude from Breaking Bad, who I like as an actor and shit, but there's so many scenes of him just talking to that one guy. I'm going to get you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. He's coming. Yeah, and it, and you can tell that they show, like, every big stunt in the trailer, so it's like, what are we even looking forward to now, you know? Yeah, it's, I always hate too when the first movie comes out. Well, they're already talking now about the Planet of the Apes 3. Part 2 ain't even out yet. Yeah, how do we know Part is good? <laughs> yeah, it's, everything tries to be a franchise now. That's what sometimes kind of hurts them. Well, yeah, like, I've been, like, this might be a little off topic, but then again, I know the, the action fans agree with this because like i feel like a lot of probably the listeners of this podcast they're not really down with all this bullshit that's coming out but uh i've been reading a lot of industry news that a lot of the people because you know there's like a lot of upheaval in the last year with the movie studios but a lot of people that are coming in to run the studios now are like uh business types and like they have no film background whatsoever and like they're just going from never being around the film industry to just running the studio and, like, they're just looking at everything, like, product and whatever. And so that's exactly why they're just being, like, okay, like, everything or franchise, everything. Like, okay, we'll make one big movie, then we'll make all the sequels. And it's, like, it doesn't really work like that because in order for something to be a franchise, the first movie has to be successful. Yeah, that's, uh, but nowadays I think they count, oh, it's such a big hit on DVD or Blu-ray. and But even that, the home rental market, I'm sorry, home rental's dead. Yeah. How much money oh, yeah. do you make off a red box? Yeah, exactly. And, like, the thing is, is, um, you know, they would make a lot of money off of uh, video stores because, you know, there was, like, at one point in time, there was, like, 2,000 blockbusters. There was, like, you know, 1,000 movie galleries, 1,000 Hollywood videos. Well, if you sell eight copies of your DVD to to each one of those stores, that's, like, you know, that's, like, like right off the bat, plus what you're selling through to customers. But, you know, it's, like, but all that shit's gone. It's, like, sorry, but Redbox only has two copies each in it. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and if, if, that's if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. And, I mean, on demand. I don't know. How many people do you know that order movies on in demand? See, I don't, I don't do that. And here's I don't why. I don't do that, and here's why. It's, like, okay, I'm bringing my own screen. I'm bringing my own sound system. I'm supplying all the electricity. I'm supplying the internet connection or the cable box connection, whichever way you're doing it. It's like, and here you go. We'll let you watch this movie for the price of a movie ticket. Sorry, no. <laughs> the only way I would do it is if, like, like let's say, uh, what's coming out? Like the, a new movie coming out. I say Spendables 3. And on the same day that it was in the cinema, you could also get it for the same price on In Demand. Maybe then I would do it watching High Def Mountain House that when I have to get a babysitter or something. See, but that would never happen, Johnny, because, like, I, like, I hear that on a lot of, like, tech podcasts. No, like, that's, where the, no. that's where the industry is heading. I'm like, okay, no. so, so, like, Hollywood is not going to take the chance that, like, you know, like, maybe, just maybe, if it's a big enough movie, like, Expendables or Fast and Furious, they think maybe they can get your whole family to buy movie tickets, or they can just rent it to you for the for the price of one ticket. That's not going to ever work. Like, they've, they've experimented. I don't know if, uh, I, I had DirecTV a few years ago, and there's a while, it wasn't even, like, while the movie's in the theater, but it was, like, a few weeks before the DVD, and they're like, 
you can get it on demand now, but it's $30. Yeah, and they like, did that for like six months, and nobody ordered it. Nobody. iTunes is doing that now. Like, you can already own your machete kills on iTunes for only 20 bucks. It's like, gee, I'll just wait next week, and for an extra dollar, I own a Blu-ray with special features. Yeah. Oh, but 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 you ain't gotta put that little tiny plastic case on a shelf nowhere. We got the digital right for you. It's like yeah, until you change your business model and then you shut down and then that shit's gone. Yeah, people don't realize that shit. Mm-mm. I mean, we could go on and on, but that's the same thing. UV codes. Let's trade them. Let's buy them. It's just like read the fine print. It says that shit's gonna be up for a year. You know, yeah. that's all they're promising. So like. So, like, I would never buy a movie for 20 bucks, even on iTunes. Because, like, yeah, Apple will be around for five years, but you don't know what their business strategy is. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and, and you have to clear room. You know, you, yeah. your servers are not infinite. I mean, they're not going to keep paying money to, well, now, where there's one guy in in uh, Kalamazoo that keeps watching the Great Muppet Caper, so we got to leave it up here. <laughs> exactly. And, and, like, that's the thing is, like, even if it's something where you own a download, well, you're de- it's on your hard drive. You own it. It's like okay, that's storage space that I'm paying for. Like, and if anything ever happens to this computer, I lose that. Co- you know, I lose that movie. Oh, it's in the cloud. It's like no, it's like that shit's. You know, people can say what they want because everybody trusts in all computer things, all Wi-Fi things now. But screw it, man. Give me a disc that's mine that I can keep in a safe place and nothing will happen to. Yeah, I. Plus, I like show my shit off. Like, yeah, this is my shit. Look at my movies. Look at my. Look at that collection. And, like, I don't know about you, but I like the, t- even if it's just shopping online, I like the time of shopping. I don't like, you know, it, it's like, well, I'm going to go to iTunes and hit this download button, and whatever I pay is whatever I pay. I'm not even going to compare prices. Like, oh, no, I, I'm a, I like to shop. I'm half a fag like that. Oh, what can I buy? I just ordered some more silk pajamas off Amazon the other day. All right, I wasn't going to bring this up, but we got to get into. You were you were going crazy on Facebook with all this silk bedroom wear and shit, man. Oh You're, yeah. Oh man, like I don't. I'm know, wearing man. silk like, right now. I, okay, first of all, that's like a thing into itself. But wh- but why are you bringing it public? Why does everybody not only have to know that you're wearing silk? Why do we have to see you wearing silk? Because I'm showing that I'm oozing the machismo even in my sleep. <laughs> And so you're you're saying when you're asleep, you're you're tougher than most guys when they're ready to fight. The only downside, though, I'm wearing the silk pajamas, and I got like the satin comforter and the satin bed sheets. So if I get a little too weird, I might slide off and fall on my dog. So I got to be very careful in my sleep. You might be like slow in that one movie where he's across the floor, <laughs> like a house cat. <laughs> I I've got I even got when I in the summer you know I'm relaxed in the shorts I even got my silk bathrobe. Oh my god, that's too that's too much, man. It feels good, man. It's nice and cool in the summer. It's warm in the winter. But but you don't need to be putting pictures on Facebook. Yeah, you know, like exposing I, yourself. Do you know how many ladies I'm friends with on Facebook? Like, to, you know, that's the sad thing, though. Like, I'll put a picture of myself up if you know me on Facebook. And I might put a picture of myself up without my shirt or maybe put a picture of myself, like, in my, even my pajamas, you know, and, and it's unbuttoned. And I get, like, 22 likes. 18 of them are from dudes. Yeah, I was just about to say, you know... <laughs> That's what's creepy. Like, so and so likes your phone. Oh, what late? Oh, it's that dude. Hmm. So, so tell me, like, how does how does it go down? Like, like, what is your wife like? What what does she have to say about all this Facebook selfie 
in the road. She takes the pictures. But does she know like you're unleashing it to the world to be had? Yeah, I think her exact words are, you're an idiot. (laughs) So, so she lets you go after your dream of becoming an international sex symbol to all these women. Somebody's gonna see that picture and they're gonna, they're gonna call me up to be in a movie. What kind of movie? Probably an action movie. I'm gonna lay in bed in a trench coat. Would you ever star in what? <laughs> See, I think that's going to get you casted as something more like a ruffy. Eh, maybe something like Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see on that. Either way, hit him up on Facebook, fans. See what he looks like in his in his. In his how does he say it? <laughs> Double impact. Losing the cheese, mo, in my sleep. <laughs> Every fans, go go to Facebook and see him in his silk. It's silk underwears. Now, I ooh, that's a good idea. I need to get me some that nice underwear, the Italian underwear in the tube. Take some photos. With the imported uh, nylon. Get those Italian ones, as Brad Pitt would say. Okay. Only good part about that fucking movie, Brad Pitt. I don't know. Inglorious Bastard stinks, fans. I'm sorry. That's oh, you're yeah. full of shit, Johnny. Oh, that movie is so good. Quentin Tarantino, the director, needs to become better friends with Quentin Tarantino, the editor, because he needs to trim some shit up. Mm, you're, you're full of it, man. Movie's boring as fuck, man. How is it boring, man? Like, all this shit's going on, and Nazis are everywhere. Ain't Everybody's family getting killed. They blow up a movie theater. Oh, the last half hour is good. It was. It just kept going and going and going. The movie's good. I like. Now I, I like Tarantino. I'm not one of those hipster douchebags that insults him. I like him, but I'm not gonna like something just because he made it. And, and I just don't care for that movie at all. I don't know what it, it didn't connect with me. I maybe I, maybe if you want to do a show on it, I'm more than happy to give it another chance, though. I mean, maybe down the road, I say watch it one more time for yourself, and then if you like it. But I mean, I don't know. If there's really too much to be said. I mean, you know, it's, it's a huge movie. It did great business. Like a lot of people love it. I now, like no, Django a lot. Yeah, that was my next question. Are you also a Django hater? No, I really like Django. To me, though, in all honesty, it was more of a comedy. Yeah, it, it was a dark humor movie, I'd say. I was laughing my ass off during that movie. Sam Jackson, he once he showed up that movie, he stole that movie from everybody. He did, man. I gotta say, that was one hell of an acting performance. Like, he came off as probably one of the, the most, I don't know what you would say, bone-chilling villains of all time. Yeah, he was. My favorite Tarantino movie is actually, my wife's is Kill Bill 1. I consider Kill Bill 1 big movie, but uh, mine's actually, he didn't direct, he wrote it was True Romance. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I, of course, like Pulp Fiction. I like Jackie Brown a lot. I like them all, to be really honest with you. I even like Death Proof a lot. And that's the main uh, that's a turd, too. Oh, you're full of shit, man. Nah, that movie was... But the only thing I'll say, if you really want to get technical and talk about grindhouse movies, Tarantino's was the more authentic. Cause yeah, the other one was just a cartoon. <laughs> I mean, Planet Terror was a fucking amazing film. It was a, one of the funnest things I've ever seen in the theater. I ain't never seen a movie from that era that was that over the top. They were all... Or had that budget. No, they were like Death Proof. I mean, he made a true 70s driving film. That's I mean, he did. I won't, I won't take that away from him. I just thought Planet Terror was so much better. 
don't know. Like, like honestly, like I saw um, the uh, I, you know I saw Grindhouse the theatrical version of it. I saw it three times in the theaters, and I gotta say, like I what I liked about it was actually how different the two films were. If like they both would have been over the top, so and like like I do feel like like you said, I feel like Tarantino made the more accurate Grindhouse film, whereas Rodriguez just made a spoof of it. Which I mean, that's fine. Like whatever. That's I guess what he wanted to do. But he, but then he went on with the machete films and shit. And he's, it, I don't know. He still never made a grindhouse movie. He just made no. spoofs. I, I think that movie should have opened with with uh, Death Proof. Because I mean, I mean you're watching Planet Terror was so over the top. You, you're almost kind of you're worn out by the time you get to Death Proof. You know, you're coming off that, and then you come into a movie that's just your first hour and ten minutes is just talk. So it's it, to me, it was just mm-hmm. like the life got sucked out of the feeder. I have to say though, I, I really like the um, the real version of Death Proof a lot better with the extra footage. I really like the black and white scene with Stuntman Mike fucking with the girls at the Seven Eleven and shit. It was, I think, it was the dialogue of those girls too at the end. It just drove me insane. I will say I, I did like the uh, the first group of girls better. Yeah, but, I mean, whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, the movie was fun though. I I, I, I love Stuntman Mike. I didn't like how people didn't go see it. It's like, you realize you're getting to see two movies for the price yeah. of one. It's not like you're seeing two little 45-minute jobs. You're seeing two legitimate films. It's like, go go see that. They were gonna, they would have made a karate one second, they said. Yeah. Well, the, th- the thing is, too, is like, I mean, if it just, like anything, man. I mean, I'm not saying, like, what I like is what everybody else has to like or whatever. But people are just full of shit, man, like, like if, if you saw the trailer and you knew what it was and you just didn't, like, it just didn't hold your interest, that's fine, but the people are like, I want to see it, I gotta see it, but three hours in a theater, yeah, them same motherfuckers are like, there's a new Lord of the Rings part nine, that's four and a half hours, I'm there opening night. <laughs> I want to really go see The Wolf of Wall Street, that's over three hours. Yeah, well, it's exa- I think it's exactly three hours, but when but you it's cut from years, four, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But like, I don't know. Like, like you, like that's what you got to do when you make like a movie based on like a ten year span of somebody's life. You know what I mean? Some of my favorite movies are over three hours long. Yeah, I will. I will say a lot. Of, a lot of times, it's a lot more enjoyable to watch a long film at home, just because like sometimes it's hard to sit in a movie theater seat for that long. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, it's not that comfortable, really. Oh yeah. And then also too, like for a movie that long, like you'll have to get up and piss eventually, and it sucks when you pay to see a movie and you gotta miss like five, ten minutes of it. I guess what we're talking about tonight, though, they're not long movies. No, they're short movies. Uh, my fir- the first one, I really like. It's a, we're getting fancy here. It's a French films we're talking about today. I think they're French, right? Yeah, we're parlay viewing the Francais. Yeah, now I'm gonna be discussing. A movie that combined parkour and martial arts uh, is called District B-13. Uh, it has actually been remade here in the States, starring the RZA and Paul Walker. Uh, it will be coming out sometime this year. Uh, Paul Walker filmed it before it passed, of course. Um, it's a very cool film. You might recognize... The, the the two stars, David Malai, he plays a guy named Leto. He's considered like the founder of parkour, which if you don't know what that is, it's that like really weird, cool free running shit that was popular a few years back. And it, yeah, it's basically like Spider Man stunts. It's yeah. really what it is. It's really cool. And Cyril Raphael is uh, Damon 
Tomato, Tomas, Tomaso. Tomaso. Uh, you might recognize him. He uh, does a lot of stunt work for Jason Statham. He was one of the main stunt guys and choreographers in the Transporter films. And he, yeah, and he also shows up like a, in like kind of like the side roles. Like he was one of the blonde haired guys who fought Jet Li in Kiss of the Dragon. And then he also was like the main guy that was like going after Bruce Willis in uh, Live Free or Die Hard. That movie stinks. I hate it, dude. I like it's the one die. And everybody bitched about the last Die Hard movie. Which, it wasn't that great of a movie, but at least it was an R-rated movie. PG-13 Die Hard sucks. I'm sorry. It sucks. It had a couple of good scenes, but it wasn't really a Die Hard movie. No, neither one was the last one, but I don't know. Live Free Die Hard, just annoying. Especially how they gave him the, the asshole sidekick. <laughs> yeah, it's, but we're not talking about Die Hard now. If we were, we'd be talking about Die Hard 2, because that's the best in the trilogy. But... Uh, the best in the trilogy of the series that has five films. <laughs> Nobody counts part four and five. But um, District B-13 is, a, it's kind of got, it's not exactly a, a fantastically new idea. It's, a, you know, everything's set in, in the dystopian-like future, and everything's run down. There's all the ghettos, and they're, they're numbered. And the worst ghetto is District B-13. You know, these ghettos, they have, like, cops and everything in them. Well, it opens where they're, they're run by a, they're run by a gang. I can't remember the name of the gang. The main gang guy is named uh, K2, but he works for a guy named, um, uh, Ta, that's right. It, well, this guy Leto somehow gets all of Ta's, I don't know if it's Heron or Coke. It's Heron, it's yeah. Heron. Later, later on, Taha says it's Heron. Well, he, he, he gets all of this, and he's just, Destroying it in his bathtub. He's like cutting it up, dumping, bleaching it, and fucking cleaning products. And you know, he they they find out where he is. You know, they're coming after him. He makes the the big escape, and he uh he ends up grabbing the he ends up grabbing Todd, taking him into the police station. Which is they're like, yeah, what are you doing here? We're we're getting out. We're leaving. You know, the post office. Now keep in mind, this is very germane to the plot. The post office and the area is leaving. All the hospitals are leaving. Not a police station is leaving. And Sage is basically tell him, you know, they they let the guy go because all his gang is outside, you know, uh, you know, with guns. They outnumber the cops, so they lock up Leto and the the bad guy Ty. He says, "I want the bitch too," which is Leto's sister, and he takes her. And Leto ends up killing the cop. Now he flash forward to, uh, you know, how many years later was it? Was it even a year later? Uh, yeah, maybe. A handful of months, maybe, two, or so. Two or th- maybe it's like two or three years later, but yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, everything, st- you know, which that, that was one thing that made no sense. They talked about how everything was cleared out, but, you know, it's still two years later. You know, but uh, now that guy's, he's keeping his sister on like a leash, and he's getting her, you know, he just feeds her like hair on and coke and everything. She's basically like a pet to him. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a hijacking in this district, and it's a warhead. So that's when they got to get their top cop, uh, who's the who's Damon Damien, who we see in the beginning. He's like undercover as a what the hell was he like an essay a British essay? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he had like a ridiculous wig on, and he was working for a gangster. I swear it looked like a 
a French version of Danny DeVito. Yeah, he's, you know, he's like top undercover cop in those martial arts, and they, they tell him, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna plant you in, you know, where you're gonna get arrested, you know, they have this whole elaborate plan, he's gonna break out of prison with this guy Leto, and, and what she does, he breaks out, he's like, I'm on my way to District B13, I'm, I got somebody double crossed me, his name's Ta. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill him. He keeps this bitch on a leash and all that, you know, cause Lel doesn't know what's happened to his sister, you know, all this time. It's like, he feeds her coke and everything, and Lel, you know, ends up handcuffing him in the chair. He's like, yeah, nice try, cop, you know, it's really bad cover. So, they of course have their back and forth, and they fight, and that's what sets us apart. I, I, it's not that I'm not being detailed talking about it, the movie is giant, long five to ten minute scenes of parkour running or fighting, which I can't really, you know, what, what I guess. Well, then he ran out the window and flipped over the toilet, and then he. No, no, yeah, like I gotta say, because cause, like I knew about this movie years before its official release in the U.S. I saw just clips of it on YouTube and shit, and then I got an import DVD and finally came out here. But uh, literally, the the reason this is just like really in my opinion, a must-own action movies. Like, I timed it the other day when I was watching the the Blu-rays. Uh, first, like, 32 minutes is non-stop action. Because yeah. you got... You, you got you got Lido dumping the drugs and the gang chasing him. He, like he literally jumps out a window. He's swinging doing Spider-Man shit. It's amazing to watch and it's all real. Like I'm sure they had safety wires on him, but it's all real. It's no CGI. And then basically, they kidnap his sister. He breaks into the the lair, kidnaps the bad guy, takes him to the police station, and then gets locked up. Then we cut to Damien, the cop, he gets into a huge, awesome fight scene that, like, I think was really as good, if not better than anything in, like, the Transporter films. Ah, then, no, hey, trans, you leave Transporter to alone. Oh, come on, Johnny. Like, when he takes out, when Damien takes out the casino full of fuckers, like, it's so brutal, it's so awesome. Like, it is. Like, like, like what single, like, I, I think that actually tops the first Transporter where he takes out the house full of guys. Yeah, but yeah, but that also the transport. He oiled himself up with grease and then got on bike pedals, which that's actually a very, very cool scene. Luke Besson is involved in all these movies too. Yeah, he produced them all too. So and then basically you have that like that's a whole opening ten minute nonstop action scene that like is just basically an introduction to the character, and then you get the setup of like they got to break back in the District Beach their team where they you know hijack the armored like whatever and they and they. They, uh, they, you know, smashed through to the fucking district and all that shit. This is, like, this is just action scene after action yeah. scene. And I, like, you know, especially all these beginning ones, like, they're all really good action scenes. They are. I mean, they're top notch. Like, and it, it just slows down long enough. Like, you know, they get in there, they have their fight, you know, it's like, all right, you're going to help me. We're going to go to this guy's mansion. Or compound, we're gonna we're gonna get the bomb and everything. Then you get just long enough arrest for them to backflip over two guards and start beating the shit and shooting everybody. Which it turns out that there was no hijacking, and the reason everybody's evacuated is when you enter the disarm code that they gave Damon is really employed by the government to blow up District B13 because you can't control it. Yeah. 
So the idea is just nuke that shit, and then all all the poor people will be dead, and then we can just take the land over. And it's not really a nuke, it's a neutron bond, so it will do what a nuke does, but it ain't going to leave all the radiation. So then they can go and just, like, build skyscrapers and make money off the land afterwards. Yeah, they're going to build, like, parking garages and shit like that, you know. They're going to build Walmarts. Well, yeah, every ten miles, supposedly, there's a Walmart from you, but... uh, (laughs) You know, and there's lots of cool fights. I mean, there are like uh, when Damon fights the great big, uh, the great big body guy, and he's doing uh, you know the bodyguards on the henchmen, and he's throwing like instead of flying drop kicks, he's actually doing like running diving knees into the guy's chest and everything. Um, yeah. And of course, you know they, 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 they know they figured out okay, this is, this is dirty. They take the bomb back to the, to the governor or whoever. You know, whatever you call him down there, the, the head honcho of the government, and they videotape him talking about how he's going to blow up District B-13. Then, you know, in a real dumb ending, Damon drives Leto and his sister back to the to the hood there. They want to go back. They want to go back. What the fuck? They're heroes. They could come live in the nice suburbs. Well, the idea was, because this whole film, especially with Taha's gang and the way the police leave and the walls, because B-13 and all the ghettos are all walled up, it's very much an escape from New York vibe. And the whole yeah. point the whole point of Leto, the reason he was fighting Taha and all his drugs originally, was this is where he was born, this is where he grew up. He just wasn't going to abandon it or whatever. And, like, that was the whole point, you know, fighting for B-13. And uh, supposedly, you know, after... Uh, Damon's, uh, you know, exposes all the corruption of what the plan was to do to the ghettos and shit. Supposedly they're going to knock the walls down in like a couple weeks or whatever and all that shit. And like that's how the film ends. That's it, a dirty ass lie. Yeah, it's a big dirty ass lie. And like even at the end of this movie, Lido is always kind of like, well, we'll see or whatever. But you know, at the same time, he wasn't going to leave his home. But yeah. What he had? He lived in some fucking dump apartment that now probably smells like hair on and bleach. Well, now sister wasn't there to clean it. I mean, she's been a, you know, and that's the one thing. You know, they they tie his sister up by this this bomb. Yeah. Why didn't she go through DTs or withdraw? I mean, if she's been being fed coke and heroin every day constantly to keep her, you know, as a drugged up slave, how she clean up so quick? Well, she was pretty. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't know. She could have been sweating it out later that night, or they could have got her some methadone or something. This is true, I guess. I just think that they didn't think about that when they read the script. Yeah, David Bell clearly a a Frenchman. His uh, uh, his sister clearly a young Asian woman. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, and Damon does look very much like a French Jason Statham. Yeah, he does. Skinnier though, much skinnier. Yeah, much skinnier, much actually. Really, this sounds strange to say about Statham, but he's actually even way more athletic than Statham. Oh, hundred times, yeah, because he's. I mean, this guy's doing like double backflips and shit. And you can tell, like you said, it's it's not CG, it's not a stunt, man. These guys oh, are yeah. really doing all this shit. And you know, it's it's just the same methods that like Jackie Chan and his crew does, really. Yeah, if, if fans, if you haven't seen this, which I'm hoping anybody listening, especially on the Action Elite, has seen it, if you haven't, do yourself a favor and check it out. If you don't want to buy it, um, you know, they're, they're streaming on Netflix. I think just for another few weeks though. And yeah. uh, if you have Amazon Prime, they're also uh, the first one anyway. Is streaming on Amazon Prime for free. And uh, yeah, but uh, I think really the the reason, like, and as far as I'm concerned, man, this is a must own. Yeah. it's not even a must watch. It's a must own. It's so good. And uh, just to let you know, the director 
uh, Pierre Morel working with Luke Besson for a long time. He was like a cameraman on Transporter, Transporter 2, Unleashed. And then he worked his way up to director. Uh, District B-13 was the first one he directed. His second film was Taken. Then he did From Paris with Love, another movie that absolutely That's a really loved. good movie. I love it's that movie. really good. And, and, like, when it came out, everybody's like, we're not going to see that. Hugh Jackman has a new <laughs> X-Men movie. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? It's funny. Like, they are killing motherfuckers in From Paris with Love. Like, murdering, slaughtering. And sadly, I mean, this guy did District B-13 taking From Paris with Love. All oh, From Paris with Love didn't make... Ever since then, man, that guy's been directing TV. What the fuck is up with that? Yeah, From Paris with Love is actually... A, it, like you said, it's a, we have to cover it one day. That's a great oh, fucking movie. It, it's super hardcore. And, like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it's fine or whatever. That You know, you, there's all these superhero movies, all these fake action movies with PG-13 and CGI and all this shit. But fucking these movies, man, like this guy, and granted Taken was was a PG-13 film, and then they did an unrated version, but like this guy, this director, Pierre Morel, he's really known for the hard-hitting, like awesome action that really, like, you know what I mean, like really takes the shit up a notch. Yeah, these are, I think it's Magnolia that put them out. I have the DVDs, I don't know if they have a Blu-ray. They do, I have have the Blu-ray, it's a little fucky, the Blu-ray... Uh, they have a dub track and they have the French track. I always listen to the French track with the subtitles, but for some reason they they put the subtitles um, uh, for hard of hearing people. Yeah. So occasionally in between the words there will be like a little sound blurb that tells you people are talking on the TV. There is an explosion. Like it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's well. If you notice too at the end because of I don't know alphabet. I mean I have no idea. Instead of. B13, and the code is actually D13 that he types in. Yeah. I, I don't understand why. But yeah, but but you, you can still pick up the blue just about anywhere for $10 or under. It's it's worth getting. Yeah, it's a it, it, it's fantastic film. Uh, I would recommend it to anybody. I, I like, now, we're also going to be talking about the second one. Yeah, the sequel... Because this one took a few years to come out. They made they made the first film in uh, 2004. Five years later came the sequel, District 13 Ultimatum. But uh, it seemed like it came out really quick to me just because, like, I think it was, like, 07 or maybe 08 that, that the first one finally reached our shores. Yeah, it seemed but, like it was only, like, a year or two before I had to wait to see the other one. Yeah, but in, in reality, of when they actually made it, you know, it was a good five-year period or whatever. The thing, though, was weird is, like, I hadn't watched the second one. I had the first one I've seen a handful of times. But when I rewatched the, the second one, I had only seen it, you know, on the original, you know, viewing, which was, you know, God, what, six, yeah. seven years ago? And I really, really liked it. I'm not going to lie to you. This one doesn't hold up for me at all. No, yeah, like, I still enjoy it as a movie, but I don't own it. Like, to me, this is worth watching, whereas the first film is, like, a must-own. Like, just period, you got to own the first one. And I think what a lot of problems with is, is, uh, this one is, like, it's kind of, like, first of all, it's from a first-time director. They didn't get Pierre Morel back, but it's from a first-time director and, uh, who hasn't directed anything since then. This came out in 09. But uh, but it's like basically a, a remake, but not as good as the first one. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is a remake. Yeah, but basically, basically what happens is uh, I like the beginning of it. They replay the closing scene of part one with like I think a little extra line or two, 
But uh, they reveal that it's three years later now. The government... This one's, by the way, it's called District 13 Ultimatum. And uh, basically, the uh, the government, of course, went back on all their promises and shit. They never took down the wall. Like, they're still fucking around. They, however, did bring the cops back, whereas the cops completely pulled out in the first one. They brought the cops back, but at the same time, the cops aren't doing shit. And instead of, like, because Taha and the, and the power of his gang fell, like, basically, like, five more gangs popped up. And, like, there's not one giant gang, but, like, they're all fighting for turf. Like, there's, like, some Islamic people... There's some skinheads. Like, strangely enough, there's I, they never really show his gang, but there's there's a gang led by a guy who's like a dwarf, I guess. Yeah. And then there's some Asian people, and uh, there's like some Haitian guys too. I think they're Haitian. I can't. I'm not sure. But anyway, basically, what the plot is, the movie starts out in uh, Lido because he's pissed because they went back on their word or whatever. He's putting bombs all along the wall of, of uh, you know the Great Wall that keeps them locked in of District 13. But what's funny, I don't know if you notice what these bombs, Corey, is they don't do shit. No, they don't do a goddamn thing. <laughs> like, he walks, like, there's huge concrete wall. He blows it up like a, like a fire shoots out of it. it. But, like, there's, like, no chunks taken out of the wall, nothing. <laughs> it's it's almost like you got a slow hand guarding the wall. <laughs> yeah, I know. So the cops are after him, so we get, like, a chase scene. And, like, there's, like, a lot of scenes in this that are supposed to mirror... You know, chase scenes or whatever uh, of the first one. So we get that, and then uh, just how the original movie opened up showing Damien undercover. We see him undercover yet again, but this time he's a sexy woman who's a stripper in a Chinese <laughs> disco or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'd seen that was the first thing, too. It's just because the fight scene that he has in this movie while protecting a Picasso... It's fucking great. It's reminiscent of like early Jackie Chan kind of thing. Yeah. But the fact he's in drag and everything is mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like for a laugh. It just it just wasn't that good. Well, he gets out of drag because because and by the way, that was not him the whole time because they show it from behind. There's a sexy woman with like this dress where the ass is cut out and you see a chain like a chain thong going up her ass. That was a sexy woman. You could tell from the the shots and stuff that it was a woman. And then when they would cl- do a close up of his face. And like, okay, whatever. It's, it's like, but when you actually see him for real in the dress, there's no way all these guys would be fooled by that at all. Yeah. It's just like, it's just silly. So, yeah, he basically, you know, it's another sting operation. He has an action scene. Like Corey said, he protects a Picasso painting. It's pretty cool. And then, like, you know, basically we get into the new plot. Instead of a nuke, what's going on is the Secret Service for the French they went into E13, they killed some cops, and then, like, they dumped the car, and, like, they, they kind of staged a shooting where it's, like, I think it's some of the Haitian guys, they shoot up the cop car, and they get it on videotape, and then they and then they spring it to the president, like, see what's going on in, in D13, they're killing the cops, it's it's about to blow up, it's about, you know, we gotta, we gotta put a stop to it and all this. But what they don't know is, like, there were some kids who were filming, they saw what really got on. And they get, they get the, the tape to Lido, so Lido knows the truth. Meanwhile, all this scam is going on by the government, so the government throws Damien in the in the jail again. They frame him for some hair on shit. Yeah, see, now, once again, this is all the same plot. Exactly it's, the same. it's not so much the same plot. It's the same goddamn story with different version. <laughs> and i and I got to say, like, Corey, like, I don't think... 
you would be as disappointed if this was the first film and then the first film was the second one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like when you watch this, because it does seem like, another thing too is the director really tries to rip off the style of the first film. Mm-hmm. And that, that's always annoying too when you try to make it like look the same, but it's obviously like not the same person directing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, so like we get into it. So, so, like, I feel like Damien just got arrested and set up just so they could recreate his prison break from the first film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. If we didn't get to do this in the first one. Let's do it in part two. Let's go bigger. Yeah, so he breaks out and gets the D13, and Leto tells him what's really going on. And basically, what the plan is, is, is the Secret Service... You know, they're making it sound like, oh, we got to drop a nuke on him. So, yeah, the, the, the new president, because the last one got thrown out of corruption, he, like, he doesn't really know. Like, he's, the new president's not a bad guy. He's just getting tricked by these Secret Service CIA fuckers. Yeah. And, like, basically, he authorizes an evacuation of D-13 to get all the normal people out, you know. And, obviously, the gangs stay behind because they're not going to leave. So, basically, the rest of the movie is Lido and... um Damien organizing the gangs to take on the government and like that's really like what it is and like there's a few like little battles here and there that are like really similar to the first film but basically they finally break out of D-13 to take on the government and really not much happens <laughs> oh I mean it's it, it's not a bad movie I don't want to no, make it yeah. like it because it's, it's, it's a good movie but it's not a sequel it's no it's, it really is a remake. The, and the thing is, is like you can't do a remake with with the same action scenes and like everything like that, but have the action scenes be half as short with half the stunts. Like you, see, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, if this would have been the first film in the series, it would have been fine. It would have been interesting. It would have been like a new story. But like, but the thing that's disappointing is they they basically get all these gangs up to go take on the parliament building, and they basically run through the hallways, and they beat up some, like, security guards and SWAT teams. Like, the action wasn't as violent. It wasn't as good. It wasn't as detailed as the original. But the thing that's really disappointing is the final fight is is Leto and Damien. They, they break into, the, like, the war room where the president is with these slimy Secret Service guys and shit. And uh, the big final fight is basically all the gang members take turns beating up a 65-year-old man. Yeah, and pretty much. Yeah, like they just whip his ass. I do have to say that the, the girl that uh, led the Asian gang with all the tattoos on her face, what do you think? I thought she was hot, man. Uh, she's okay. I mean, she's a little skinny, but I thought she was yeah, hot. She's I, like, too skinny. I don't like them super skinny chicks. No, I think she was hot. I like, and, like fat, Johnny. <laughs> it's furry. No, and, uh, hell no, no. I like sideburns. Sideburns? I like a chick with a sideburn, not some big fucking Brillo pad. You know, like a huge bush? Fuck. Pardon me. Well, Fuck, no, that's nasty. Did a demon come onto the fight? Yeah, well, I know. I was coughing up hair from a furry bitch. <laughs> okay. But yeah, but there's the cool scene where this Asian chick fights like a bunch of cops, and she actually has like like real long hair braided up into a ponytail with some blades on it, so she flings her hair around and cuts some motherfuckers up while she's karate chopping and shit. But yeah, they come down, they beat up a 65-year-old man, and they do beat his ass. Like, they flip, like, I think it's uh, Damien does like a flying drop kick and sends this old fucker like flying over a desk and crashing into the wall and shit. <laughs> but, um... But basically, at the end, the president is like, 
like, they tell him, like, hey, President, you were had by these fuckers. You know, he figures it all out. So they all sit down, and the President's like, listen, I'm finally going to make good on what this country promised you. We're going to tear down the wall. We're going to rebuild it. And this is the part of the movie where I didn't make sense, is they're all rushing to the President, to the war room, to stop him from dropping the bomb and leveling D-13. But when they get there and they talk to the president, they beat everybody up, and they're like, no, we want you to blow it up. So yeah, they start all build it from scratch. Yeah. Well, that was the plan of the bad guys, duh. <laughs> you know, the more I think about it, after whooping that senior citizen's ass, he had a pretty good idea. Yeah. They're fighting. They're like, they're going to blow up our home. They're going to do this. They're going to keep it up. It's just like, and they're like, president, like, go ahead, blow this shit up. Like, to me, that was kind of like, what the fuck, like. And that and that's literally where the movie ends. Again, I know it comes it's just back kind of, after the credits. Yeah, they're all smoking cigars. Smoking cigars, with yeah, yeah. Which I didn't. I don't know. I didn't think that really added much. But <laughs> they're, they're all laughing about their home that just got destroyed in the rubble. Like, wouldn't you at least be like, President, blow it up tomorrow after I get my TV and all my clothes out? <laughs> like, don't you know? You know the thing. All right, before we blow it up, I want to get my relatives and my friends out of here because they're probably all dead now. Yeah. But but supposedly it was evacuated, but I don't know. It didn't seem like everybody was really willing to leave or whatever, but... Like, after the evacuation in the movie supposedly happened, there still was tons of fuckers in the street of E-13. Yeah. But, uh... But, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, again, I know it sounds like this movie's horrible, and it's not a horrible movie onto itself. There is some good action scenes, like they drive a car through a parliament building. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's fun. I will say it's a fun movie. I don't know. I wouldn't pay over ten bucks for this one, though. No, yeah, I was gonna say, I, like, pick up the Blu-ray for probably no more than get it for seven ninety-nine. I'll say, yeah. <laughs> but it is a good movie worth watching. But like, what happened with me and Corey to prepare for this show? When you watch it back to back with the original, it don't hold up. No, because I remember watching. I was like, okay. This is the same goddamn thing I just saw, only not as cool, because they're redoing all of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, with the rewatch, and I watched one, you figure on, like, a Tuesday, I watched the other one on a Wednesday. I mean, I watched them legitimately, like, within a day of each other. Same here, yeah. And, like, the, th- the thing is, is, like, it just seems like the the same movie remade, and not really remade poorly, but just kind of, re- like, like, remade with half the budget. <laughs> it seemed like yeah, it was, it was just... It, it almost felt rushed. Yeah, it did. And, like, the look of it, like, like they try to do all the swing and zoom pans to show the original, and it just seemed like it was, like, imitating the other film instead of being, like, you know, just the director just didn't seem that strong. But there is good fighting in it and, like, all that shit. I mean, I don't want to, you know. It's better than Lords of Salem. I don't know about that. I'm Lord saying that because I had that on in the afternoon, and I couldn't even finish it. I turned that shit off. Through that disc uh, back on the fucking shelf. I like Lords of Salem. I reviewed it on my podcast. We did a pretty big review on it. But I understand why, why a lot of people like whatever. Because it was poop. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it was garbage. Alright, t-shirt, Corey. Oh, I, man, I'm telling you, that movie, that's the worst movie I've ever seen this last night. <laughs> last night? How many movies did you watch last night? Eight. They all stunk. Oh, no, I, could, I couldn't get it. You know, it, unlike you know some of the. I'll just say this real quick. My complaint with all the zombie movies were that they're really, really good. Usually, Halloween two shit, they're good, and then they fall apart at the end. This one just was 
I don't know. It, maybe it was just not my type of film. It was just fucking weird. And Meg Foster naked was disturbing enough, and it just... Wasn't well, the point of a horror movie to make you feel uncomfortable? It didn't make me feel uncomfortable. It made me bored. I was getting drowsy. Well, to each his own, Johnny. I'll stick with Devil's Rejects. I, I like... Actually, my favorite by far is uh, House of the Thousand Corpses. You know what I'll stick to? Kill and kill again with the greatest villain of all time, Marduk. <laughs> Marduk. Well, you you can take Marduk. I'll take Lord Sarah. There you go. Well, you haven't seen Marduk yet. I've That's not it. a fair assessment, Johnny. That is true. What I'm saying. I, I like I, I like Lords of Salem. Fuck the world. There, there you go. I like District B13. I do too. And I like Ultimatum, too, just not nearly as much. No, it's, uh, like I said, you think they could have at least, I mean, it's not like it came out within a year. It was, what, five, six years? You couldn't have wrote, they have to team back up to save a hostage. Do movies like this write themselves? Why would you do the exact same plot? Yeah, really. That was my only thing with it. But, yeah, some of the, then it's it was, usually the sequels are bigger. This one was very scaled down. Yeah, and, and again, it wasn't like super, super nasty, cheap, or it was boring. They had the action scenes. It's just like I said, it just wasn't nearly as over the top. Like I'm, I'm sure they make these French films very cheaply compared to American films, but I'm just saying in in relative, like whatever, you know, like the first one did look and seem like a hundred million dollar movie, where this one seemed like a forty million dollar movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like watching an Ombak movie, you know, especially, you know, in the terms of yeah. doing your own stunts and that. Ombak, another cheap movie, is fucking fantastic. It is true. We'll have to cover that, too, John. I only like part one. Same here, John. Two and three were just poop. I haven't seen that. Enough with your poop <laughs> shit, motherfucker. I, well, it's just there once again. It's the same movie. I think that was my thing no, yeah, it is. with Tony Ja. I mean, yeah, he's cool. But once you see it, you see it all. Like, the, was the protector? What is it? Every goddamn movie, he's after an elephant. Is that <laughs> well, how he's in Fast and Everybody, like, he's in Fast and Furious 7. Like, I bet he's going to be Han's brother. I bet he's going to be Statham's right-hand man. I'm like, I'm going to bet somebody stole the elephant from the zoo and he came here to fucking save it and just wanders in on the action. I was going to say, he's probably the elephant trainer. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I mean, like, he's cool. It's cool that he can do all that stuff, but I saw him do it already. You know, I saw Ombak. I thought it was really cool. Everything else is basically just a rerun. Everything He keeps remaking his own movies. Well, the thing is, with any action star, I mean, as we've seen with Slowhand, you know, uh, Van Damme, all these guys, it's like, the, get the first two to three movies to coast on your moves and your newness. After that, you got to start making good movies all around. You know, you just can't keep like making the same one over and over and over. Yeah, and, that, and that's unfortunately that's what that's why Tony Jaa kind of everybody thought he was the, the next big thing, and a year later everybody forgot about him. Yeah, I mean the action fans will say they didn't, but they did. Everybody yeah. forgot about him. I mean, sadly, I mean obviously he's a much bigger star, but but. American-wise, for sure, that's what happened to Jet Li as well. It's like, oh, you're the little historical man who has no sexual chemistry with any women? Okay, yeah. yeah Goodbye. And he started out like, I mean, he had a great introduction, Lethal Weapon 4. You know, that's a big, 
you know, that's a blockbuster franchise. He had a great introduction to audiences here by like they poured it over his movies. He made, in my opinion, some very cool R rated movies and then all at once he was gone. Yeah, it just like that was over. And like I'm sure part of that was him like whatever, not want to suck Hollywood, you know, dick anymore, but at the same time, like, you know, interest was waning. By the time he was starring in movies with DMX, it just nobody cared anymore. Uh, even Jackie Chan, I think with him they rushed it, like, Rumble in the Bronx, they put over here, big hit, everybody liked it. And then uh, they re-released all this shit all at once on VHS, and they're, they're putting this out and this out. There's like nine Chan movies a month coming out, you know, it's, it's just too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for a while there, Dimension was putting out two to three, you know, redub, re-edited channel films in the theaters. Yeah. And, like, I went to see them all, of course. I mean, I'll go see that shit. But, you know, it's just, yeah, I don't care who you are. You know, people, you, you know, that's why George Clooney and Brad Pitt have some of these smaller movies that come out and make, like, $10 million because people just get tired of it after a while. Well, in the case of Chance, they did it stupid, like, because I had most of those laser discs, you know, before they hit theaters here. and. Operation Condor is the sequel to Armor of God. So here in the States, you get to see a sequel where the guy is 15 years younger. Yeah. <laughs> and then they would edit him here. And in the case of Operation Condor, the 15 minutes they edited here for America, 12 of that was an action scene. Yeah. So that was just even stupider yet. Let's take action. Like, uh, like they even did the same, sh- and then they would put like shitty music, like Jet Li, Black Mass. They put in a sh- bunch of shitty rap oh, music. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 like it's not the best picture quality or whatever, but I actually have like the original import of Black Mass before it even came out in theaters here. The original version, it's yeah. much better. I got laser disc for it. Has just that nice, you know, Asian music in the back. Yeah, I remember I went with my wife and we were dating at the time and. I showed her that. She doesn't like reading movies, so she picked up the the one that came out here in America. Yeah, it was like gangster rap over everything. It was giving me a headache. Oh, it, it was just dumb, because it didn't even fit the mood of the movie. And it was overdone. Yeah. I think that was my thing. When they when they redo the music here, they overdo it. You need to add that to the uh, That Shit's Racist file, because... <laughs> <laughs> just to assume that the only people that are going to go see a Kung Fu movie are all black, you know what I mean? So yeah. let's pump in the rap music. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't get it. I mean, the slow hand, he has, you know, he doesn't have a high budget. I think a lot of his music is coming from elevators right now. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they send a guy down to ride the elevators all day at the mall with a recorder and a microphone. He's got his iPhone out. I have to say... Not just picking on slow hand, but like a lot of these directed video whatevers is that's what makes the films seem like as cheap as they really are is all the shitty music and it's mm-hmm. like it's like I, I get it when you when you make a movie, like I understand like if there's no background music, it just seems dry, it seems dead, like there's no energy. But either put in good music or don't don't put anything in because just hearing elevator music play behind like a dialogue scene is stupid yeah I mean and if you're doing an action movie you can find some guy to make a guitar riff for you that's gonna sound okay yeah like literally like some of these you hear them they're so bad like it's like slow hand we'll be making a grilled cheese sandwich and we get some like stock violin music from the 1960s it's like well if I could just just go to like a rehearsal space somewhere with with a good quality microphone sit down with a drummer and a guitar player and have them like you know what i mean like play some shit like have them, have them cut like uh, an hour for you and just split yeah. it up throughout the film exactly 
Yeah, rather, well, then they put it wrong. Like he's making, like he said, he's frying some eggs, and they're playing like some dramatic scene, like he's talking to somebody who's dying. Yeah. <laughs> I fried this motherfucking egg. Do, 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 do. You know, it just it doesn't yeah. fit. I don't get it. I guess with that, though, I don't have anything left to say about the D13 movies. How about you? No, just they're good. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of my idea to pull these out. You know, may, maybe I'm underestimating the audience. Either. Maybe all you guys already have these on DVD on your show. Maybe you've seen them all five times each. But in case you haven't, give, give them a try. Definitely the first one is a, is a must-own. I mean, if you're a fan of the Statham or the, or the Van Damme or whatever, I mean, you're going you're gonna to love this. Yeah, definitely worth the watch. Um, we got more coming. Uh, we got some, I don't know what our next two movies are going to be here coming up. We haven't picked them yet. We haven't picked them, and we don't know what they are, but one thing I know is they're coming. I hear rumor they could be slow-hand movies. Could be. Because we haven't, as much as we talk about them, we haven't talked about any of his movies yet. Yeah, we come on, We let's not play coy. we got to get it out of our system somehow. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about Seagal next week, I think. I think I think that's a lock. That's a lock. It's like it's already been recorded. Yeah, it's like it's it's so much going to happen. It's like we're so certain. It's almost like it's already happened. We might just turn off the feed and record it right now. Yeah, let's stop this recording and then we'll we'll go into the slow hand recording. Because I, I know originally you were going to take a shower and you got to get up for work, but fuck that, man. It's time for slow it's hand. It's time for slow hand. I guess with that, fans, we're going to let you go because we'll see you next week. Because right now we got to talk about slow hand. Slow hand. So goodbye. It's almost like a time machine. Like we're going back to the future to talk about slow hand. Almost like going back to a year of Christmas. Yeah. If like we went back to Christmas, if we traveled back like a like. A year. Yeah. Even though but it was really, only but, months. Yeah, but really months. But a calendar year is what I'm saying. Yeah, but right All now, right. I, I can't talk about anything else. We got to we gotta cut this feed. We got to talk some slow hand. Yeah, because this time travel paradox Terminator shit is driving me nuts. I need to get it off my mind and, and talk about some slow hand. See you next week, fans. Yeah.